Hello everyone listening. I am Dustin Pegru. I go by the name of Duststorm, and this is the first podcast for my gaming blog. I don't have a title for it yet, but there's some interesting news that came out, which is one one of the reasons why I kind of want to go ahead and get jumpstart on this. And I have one of my good gaming friends with me who also does another podcast, and that would be uh, Mandy, a.k.a. Lady Luck. Yo. Hello. <laughs> What's up, man? It's going good. It's been a while since we've done a podcast together. Uh, I, I know you do Gamertag Radio, for those who are listening that may know. And then I do a podcast called Poddecular, that's Halo. So we are both kind of pro-podcasters in a sense. But this is... <laughs> I hope so for podcasting. I know. So hopefully this will go well, that we have two podcasters behind the mic for this kind of uh, a start to hopefully what will be a good series of podcasts just for me to kind of ramble at some things I... I want to talk about that's not officially part of any other podcast that I'm a part of and get guests like Mandy on. And Mandy's a good friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for five years, I think. At least, maybe yeah. more. It's It's been a while. So We've been but, around forever. <laughs> we're ancient. We're ancient podcasters. Well, think if you think about when podcasting has started, um, I would kind of hearken it back to the time that Major Nelson was starting his podcast for Xbox, and he's been doing it for almost 10 years now. So podcasting, I guess you and I kind of got into it uh, about five years after it really started to explode, after the whole podcast scene with iTunes started to make an appearance. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of knowledgeable in the ways of how podcasting is um, a good, it's a good source of, of media and news. I think it's kind of a little underappreciated from the blogging and the video aspects, especially with the blow-up of YouTube. But I still think it's a, a very good way to host discussions and really get the get down to the nitty-gritty details of some things and opinions. So that's why I do podcasting. Well, I don't know if you want to dive into The thing with podcasting that I think a lot of a lot of individuals and companies don't really take into account of is the thing we hear most often at Gamertag Radio is that people put it on their iPods or they have it on their phone and everything. And it's something that they can get, that they can consume while they do other things. So we have a guy who every week listens to the show while he drives into work. You know, he's got a 45 minute long commute. He listens to the first 45 minutes and then he gets to get the tail end of the discussion on his way home. You know, we got a dude that listens to it every week when he goes to the gym because he can just plug in and do something else. And I think that's kind of the golden ability of podcasting is that it is an audio only thing i guess it is an audio only media so you can have it running while you do stuff i regularly have podcasts playing while i work on video editing if i don't have to worry about sound at that moment or you know you can put it on while you go and work around you know your yard or whatever and that's kind of the really big benefit is that you're not limited by youtube where you have to see it or you have to be in front of a computer or something yeah or your phone i guess well most of the time you have it on your phone anyway so you might as well just go ahead and listen to a podcast while you're doing something well and like you said there's so many different things that are options like you know it's itunes but then it's iHeartRadio and it's stitcher and it's you know in our case for Gamertag Radio, we have an app. So people can go straight into the app and the moment a new show's up, they can get it. And then it's like, oh, you know what? There's a new show. Let me put it on while I'm working kind of thing. I've right. done it. Yeah. So both of us are very, uh, very strong proponents for podcasting. Surprise. And yeah. Go figure, right? But tonight we just wanted to talk about the recent hype with Titanfall. And both of us share a similar sentiment to where we're not quite as hyped as a lot of the rest of the internet is and there's various reasons i have my reasons and mandy has hers so i just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about my take on everything that came out yesterday with destiny <laughs> oops wow <laughs> <laughs> i'm like sitting here like like it didn't even register for a second i'm like yeah that sounds right wait a second what was that <laughs> Let's start that part over. You can cut yeah. that out. Okay. Through the magic of editing. Woohoo. This happens yeah. all the time on GTR. You don't have to leave that <laughs> in. But we literally will be like, ah, oh, go off to crap. Okay, we'll cut that out. Start yep. over. Yep. And if you do it right, which most of the time you do, it's seamless. Exactly. And no one knows. Problem solved. Like the people like people here won't know. Yeah. They won't get to hear <laughs> this later. 
They, yes, exactly. I think I can just pick up where I left off, though, with the whole Destiny bit. Yeah, you can just be, oh, you know, yeah. talking about, yeah. just literally restart that in, that intro yeah. portion. So talking about some of the stuff that we did get to uh, see come out from all the news outlets, and of course this exploded across a bunch of different news outlets, Game Informer, Polygon, uh, like everybody was covering Destiny at some point. Um, as of when we were recording this, we're recording this on April 29th, 2014. So the big Destiny info explosion, as as it's been named, came out on April 28th. And it was good to see some more gameplay. A lot of people were really looking forward to getting a little bit more uh, sense of how things were going to interact, how you were actually going to um, partake in some of these strikes and the raids and some of the environments that Bungie has set up. But a lot of the things that I think and this is how I see it personally, is a lot of the things that Bungie has shown so far is stuff that is gameplay, and not a lot of stuff has been revealed behind the story. Now, Deej, who is Bungie's community manager, has come out and said that they really want to save a lot of the story for the experience when you actually get the game and you have the chance to play it. But for me, there's there's some piece that's missing that is doesn't have quite the hold for me, the hook for me, to really dive into Destiny, for me to really get on the hype train, so to speak, and get really pumped for it, because I the gameplay is looks really good from what I saw yes from what I saw yesterday. Um, it is very different from the style of games that Bungie has done uh, previously, but I don't know. Part of it is is it just the story portion, or I think a lot of it is. I think another part of it is there's just so much new stuff that they're trying to incorporate to it. I'm just not sure how it would interact. And I think one of the things for me is I need to play the beta when it comes out to see how a lot of these different game components that they're integrating into Destiny fits well together. Because you have a bunch of stuff. You have all the different weapons. You have the the magic, the space magic, as some people call it in there. And a lot of different other mechanics that they're trying to incorporate into Destiny. That's true. I guess my thing with it is is the idea is ambitious. And I kind of like it, but I'm also slightly concerned uh, on two points. One, you kind of already brought up with the story. And I appreciate them not wanting to give things away because for those of you that don't listen to GTR, I am notorious for not playing games when they first come out. And so if they're not getting... Hence, hence she has her own special show for backlog games. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But uh, <laughs> part of that is you don't want them to say a lot because you don't want it to be spoiled for you. I mean, I have games that it took me six years to finish and it, the ending still wasn't spoiled for me. Either that means I'm really good at ignoring people or they just don't care to tell me what's going on. But uh, in this case, what we're seeing so far of the game leads me to almost believe that there is no story. I'm not saying that there isn't, but there's the structure of what we've seen with the gameplay is so light in terms of referencing anything but the gameplay. You know, the the way they kind of introed the this preview video that came out yesterday and stuff. It was a very, very short mini entry like, hey, you need to go do stuff. Guess what? Time to go. Uh, that it's kind of almost as if there isn't much structure to a story. And I don't know if that'll be the case or not, but feeling that way then you have no drive to worry about story right now like the only thing then is like okay well then let's talk about gameplay because obviously we're not seeing anything on it right well and to the to the effect of having the story just to me it's a little absent in all this stuff kind of just how you mentioned from and i think in a lot of gameplay videos too it is a lot of focus on here's what we're doing with destiny here's how we're taking kind of uh our legacy with halo and we're trying to make this new world. We're trying to arrange this fire team, this three-person team that you can go into a lot of these different situations. You have different kind of game modes and different encounters that you can get. And it's a very dynamic and living world. And it's, it's all good, all nice and good to hear that they're putting effort into that kind of stuff. But the thing that really gets me is I fell in love with Halo originally because of the story, because of how well... They teased the story originally, and then they delivered. Let me with, ask. 
because I'm sure you were around from the beginning, but I don't remember. Did you start with Halo One? I actually did not. Duh, um, how could you? I did not. I did not. I'm just I did not start playing it. I was. Well, so, this what I meant. Like, so what was it when you got to Halo Two and they had that giant marketing campaign that you kind of fell into? No, it, so or? so I actually did start on Halo One. Um, it was just very late on that I actually got to play it. So I had friends that had Xboxes, but my parents didn't let me have consoles back then. So I would go over to friends' house, and I I would I knew the story behind Halo, and um. When I heard when I heard Potacular starting up, I actually that's when I really started to get interested in. And they were talking about Halo Two, and it's like, okay, um, let me go get this. And when I got a laptop for college, my parents bought it for me, so I went out and bought Halo One. And I went and found some videos on like the first uh, first Halo games, and found the the gameplay demo that they did. That I think it was uh, something in two thousand. Can't remember exactly, and it was. They had the gameplay demo, and then they had the little few tidbits afterwards. Just like here's kind of a little more of explaining what the story is, and it was it was just enough tease to really hook me in after listening to the podcast and after getting my laptop and being able to play the game. But with Destiny, with the stuff that they're showing, it's yeah, they're showing the gameplay and all the cool mechanics they're introducing in there, but there's still something that is lacking for me. And yeah, I know there's the mystery of what is the traveler and where is it and where do they come from, but I feel that there's something more there. There's some piece of information that we haven't been given yet that would be like, Oh, give me the reason why we're fighting. Why are we actually defending the traveler? Okay. I have to make a reference for this. And this is kind of how I felt about Titanfall, which I know is totally different beast. You don't have to tell me. I know, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) was that, you know, they create, it was all like, check out the Titans and check out the things you can do and look at how awesome these battlefields are going to be. And then it was kind of like after the fact, they're like, oh yeah, a story. We should probably include that. And then it ended up sucking Uh, the story, at least. Sorry, not the game, the story. Right. Right. And (laughs) so I guess my concern with the fact that they're showing so little uh, and with it, uh, the emphasis being, it being an online game, you know, you're playing with your friends and such that it's going to have that same kind of response where, and somebody brought this up on Twitter. Actually, we had a, a quite lengthy ongoing discussion the past day or so brought up that they're almost concerned that they've spent so much time on really creating this world and creating the mechanics and making it look good that this story might've come secondary to that. Which would be really disappointing because, you know, we kind of just touched on it. I started Halo, the Halo series on the original Halo, on Halo 1. Uh, the year it came out with the original Xbox and everything. So, you know, 2001. I had it. I, I shake played my it. fist at the, that your parents allowed you to have consoles and then. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. So this is a joke. The only reason I had a console, the only reason I even got that console in that game, the Xbox and Halo, is because my dad wanted it. <laughs> Like he told me years later, he's like, it looks cool and I don't want to buy you another Nintendo console because you already had one of those and I didn't particularly (laughs) like it. So I bought it for me and I just disguised it as a gift to you guys. Uh, So that's my family. This is the things they do. But so, you know, so that was the thing is what was really compelling. Obviously, the gameplay, you know, for the time was good and everything. But what was really compelling was that you could play through the story over and over and over again. And that's what it was, was it was just this continuous year after year of playing through the entire campaign. And obviously, you know, you had levels you liked, you know, my my father, because I co-opted with him a lot, he loved the library where you have to fight like the flood the whole time. And I hated that level. Everyone uh, has a love-hate relationship to that level. Yeah. So he loved it and I hated it. It was always his favorite level of play and it was my least favorite. Uh, But I mean, literally, it was just four years pretty much of back-to-back. There was multiplayer involved, but back-to-back campaign. And they really built this amazing story. And the world kind of, the world and the environment and the universe they developed it in kind of started to grow out of that. Whereas I feel like the way that they're focusing with Destiny, it's the other way around, where they created the worlds and the environments and this, you know, the scenery and the setup, and then they're going to try and draw the story from it. And I'm not sure how well that's going to work. And, well, and the thing with Bungie's past is that they are very, very good storytellers. And to see that they're not really letting anything out from the story... To see that they're not telling any story? <laughs> yeah. So, I... I Again, I'm totally on board with trying not to reveal too much about the story behind Destiny to make it to where when we do get the game, we have that fresh experience. But at the same time, I mean, movie trailers 
tease certain parts of movies in order to entice you, to get you hooked in. And I haven't seen that yet with Destiny. Well, Granted, I mean, can I use an example? And this is totally a bungee example. Halo 3. Mm-hmm. I mean, truthfully, they had probably one of the most masterful marketing campaigns ever. Everyone remembers that. There is very, very few marketing campaigns for a game that I can compare to the level of Halo, of Halo 3 specifically. And what it was, was it was the story. Like, I can distinctly remember, even though by that point, you know, I wasn't buying a lot of magazines, ending up with a gaming magazine that had a full page spread for Halo 3. And it was literally just just empty trash street uh, with the Master Chief running down it and had this small caption uh, a text to the side that was like you know you remember Jericho and you remember uh, and you remember Reach and you know it it was literally like three lines of text and it didn't tell you anything it didn't give anything away except for that you saw Master Chief in the same place you always saw him which was a destroyed town essentially or destroyed right. like but what they did is with those three lines of text they tied it in for those people that had read the books and had been playing through the games who had really you know sunk themselves into the universe and they knew all of the backstory they'd read the fall of reach and they'd read first contact and all of that you know you read it and you went oh my god what are they gonna do i have to know how this ends and so they really created this drive, this desire to want the game on pretty much nothing because they didn't tell you anything new. They didn't give anything away. They played off your emotional attachment to Master Chief, to knowing where he exists within, you know, within his story, which is always in a battlefield. And then to tie it into uh, certain situations by, you know, referencing stories like reach where people that don't know it will go well what's that and they're probably going to go look it up which might lead them to reading the book and for the people that did know you went oh my god they're you know this is the end they're going to close up the story you're finally going to see how this will come to a close and that was masterful and that was just one piece of a gigantic marketing campaign and so to granted understanding that you obviously had history with that character and that universe and that world i don't believe that there's that it's impossible for them to draw people in with that what if scenario again with a new world you know and right it is harder because you're creating your own characters because you're kind of writing you know to to use the pun i'm sure that they want to use you're writing your own destiny uh, you know, it's not like they can put one there and everybody's going to know who that is. But there's ways to make that happen because if there wasn't uh, MMOs like World of Warcraft and MMOs like Guild Wars 2 wouldn't succeed because they just, well, I can't speak for a while, but at least for like Guild Wars 2, you know, to draw from an MMO PC thing, you know, they create this idea that you were the harbinger of your own destiny, that you could create any character you wanted. And they showed you tons of combinations with the different, you know, the classes and the races that they crafted in such a way that you wanted to make that character. And then you wanted to go out and learn what your story was. And for them, you know, I don't even know enough about destiny to know if that story is going to change based on who I play or like what class I play as. Or if it's one story for the whole thing, you know, is this going to be a Mass Effect style where no matter what you choose, the story remains the same? Or is this going to be, you know, like a Guild Wars style where depending on the race you pick and sometimes depending on the class line you pick, the story changes? Do we know anything like that? I I don't think we do. I think that's one one of the things that's missing from everything that they've shown so far. Because that's, I mean, like, I feel like it's going to be a Mass Effect style, you know. Where the the beginning and the end are going to be the same no matter what, but and it's just the pathway that you take is going to determine you know how things happen. Right. I feel like that's probably going to be the case. Uh, that said, though, I'm going to go on a totally different tangent. I I I don't know, but I'll I'll let you finish. Well, no, I'm then... gonna I'm gonna. Yeah, go go ahead. Go kind of off the story topic. So I don't know if if you want to oh, talk well, about the okay, story. Okay, so let me. <laughs> So let me counter that a little bit because Bungie has come out and said that Titan or well not Titanfall, um, Oops, sorry. Destiny is going to be this kind of living world that's going to adapt to how players and, and the whole Bungie community that plays the game um, 
does things. So they may have a kind of an end goal in mind, but that may shift based on how people play the game. So defiance like where the game affected the show and the show affected the game and people's choices determine how they modified the world. I guess I haven't played defiance to be honest. So I haven't, I, pl- I only played the beta, so I can't say, but that was the, the but, setup. Yeah. So was that, you know, decisions people made within the game could have an effect on what happened within the show. Obviously it's not tied into a show with destiny, but, and then things that happened were written out on the show could ultimately affect the game. Yeah. So it was. I, this- I think it's be, be something very similar along those lines. I think they would ha- definitely have an end goal to the game. Like maybe the traveler finally awakens, and we have this like age of awakening or something after every after these ten years of having the Destiny game out there. But as far as having a story that is kind of has a preset, I mean, it does have a preset start, but I'm not sure necessarily about the preset and- end. All right. Yeah. I can accept that, I guess. I guess, uh, and admittedly, I should kind of preface myself here for listeners that don't have to listen to me normally um, <laughs> on GTR. I, I mean that in the nicest way possible, except for I'm only insulting myself. But anyways, I am a s- story-driven gamer. Like, I love online. Obviously, we're talking about Halo. I, you know, I have hundreds upon hundreds. I probably have well over... A thousand hours between all of the halos. Actually, I can guarantee you I have over a thousand hours between all of the halos. <laughs> uh, you know, like I obviously I've spent my time really enjoying competitive and online focused stories. I mean, I play MMOs on PC, but that said, I've kind of moved away from that mentality and I'm really focused on having a good story, regardless of whether it's an online, a co op, a, a, you know, an R- a cooperative RPG, I guess would be the term. Uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's that or whether it's a single player what I really want is a good story so obviously I'm a little more skeptical for something like Destiny not because I don't like the idea of being able to go play through it with my friends because I do my friends are awesome and I enjoy playing video games with them but at the end of the day I really want to enjoy a good story so having prefaced that let's move on okay (laughs) Uh, well I think we covered the story a bit yeah we've covered that plenty no I was gonna say my one thing with it is watching uh the strike mission i think that's what it was called yeah it was the strike on uh like it was called devil's lair the the area that we were in devil's lair okay so that was interesting to watch i will say this is that they showed kind of a map area and they talked about i'm like oh that's kind of neat i wonder what else they could tie into like the map but watching the gameplay it's it felt kind of slow paced and i saw quite a few tweets like that yep and it seemed like this really interesting mix of halo slash borderlands slash mass effect uh halo obviously yeah, borderlands a- <laughs> borderlands has been thrown around for destiny for i think since since they announced beginning. it yeah well, the really the the interesting thing with it was it, at one point early in that particular trailer video thing uh the character that they're playing as has a pistol and the way they hold it in the middle of the screen the way it kind of tilts up when they're when they're sprinting and even the way they reload and shoot is just so similar to the setup of Borderlands and I really say that because I played Borderlands like half the time with a pistol (laughs) so I mean like like I'd get like those ridiculous pistols that did like 200 damage and then had like acid effect and stuff and that was like my all of my primary weapons were pistols so it was just like it was it was a mass effect kind of texturing and coloring like light style the way things reflected off of outfits and stuff while it had kind of that that borderlands gun movement feel and then finally obviously it's it's the makers of halo it's bungie so then you would see these you know very very much like firefight halo yes well it was like we kind of talked about it at one point that uh i think like a minute and a half two minutes in in the first area where you get into a battle uh in the video the enemy you're shooting at their motion as they get hit is like practically exactly the same as the way elites would respond in the halo campaign like the way that they would kind of slouch themselves forward take a step back and then kind of you know lift themselves back up and go to attack again if you didn't kill them you know in that first shot that's like that motion was exactly what the enemy did and i'm like it's not bad because i mean elites were kind of funny but at the same time you're sort of 
expecting it to be slightly different. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that, actually. I, but interesting it, that you point that out. And sometimes developers, though, will use previous assets uh, in kind of uh, early stages until they get people into do mocap and fill that in. So it could be something as simple as that. But it is interesting that they are using assets that are very similar to Halo. And I guess in in one sense, it, it makes sense that they would be doing something like that. But you would think with how close Destiny is to a beta. You would that, hope it wasn't the case. Right. And I, I do accept at some point, obviously, this is still Bungie. So I'm not expecting them to come out with something that's 100% completely different than you know halo because obviously they have these years of experience and just these years of influence from something that i'm sure was kind of like you know i don't have a kid so i'm not sure if this is the best example but it was kind of like their kid you know they they created this halo this game halo and i'm sure when they first put it out with the original xbox first off you didn't know how the xbox was going to do it was a new a new manufacturer, a new console completely. And you couldn't really anticipate the way Halo was going to grow. You know, obviously looking back now, we say, oh, it's obvious, you know, online started taking over and they created this fantastic matchmaking system, this, this, and this. But at the time, they probably could never have expected it to go where it did. So that's mm-hmm. going to have a heavy influence on a lot of things they do. But at the same time, I guess it's just certain things when you see it happen in the game, like with the way that enemy moves, going like well it's not bad but at the same time i feel like i'm almost afraid that there's going to be too much halo influence and i love halo guys i do you know no matter how much i rag on it now i love halo but at the same time if you're going to make a new ip it should be a new ip yeah yeah but i mean not to i don't think it's a total knack on bungie though to for them to use assets like that but it would be nice to see a little bit difference in there and i i do find it interesting that you say it's almost exactly like the elite animation i mean maybe i need to go back and look at it but like we sat there arguing about it because and (laughs) you know i was just focused on that one so i wasn't seeing what the other people you know were shooting at but it was just the way that it went and i love the elites we called them dinos they were dinosaurs to us yep no that's that's the nickname for it i think that's pretty much a global nickname for the elites is dinos They've been dinos since like especially Halo. in Halo Three. Well, yeah, you know that was when you could start playing with them as mm-hmm. as in matchmaking, in yep. matchmaking and stuff. It was always a joke because it was like, oh my god, somebody's playing as a dino, run away, you know. But it, dinos in the base, dinos in the base, <laughs> run away from the dinosaurs. Yeah, that was that was Halo. Uh, yep. But it's it's just one of those things where, at the same time that I absolutely love Bungie because they brought us Halo. I've almost been kind of tired of Halo. Uh, well, I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to break off, too, is they were done with Halo. Yeah, they were kind of like, okay, we're tired of making the same thing. Let's make something else, please. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I guess, whenever I, I want, see... I want to see that other thing. I want to see that story that's different from Halo, not necessarily the gameplay that's going to... Well, yeah, because ultimately, you know, if there's minor things like how the enemies react being the same as an elite, you know, that's relatively minor in the grand scheme of things. Uh, As long as they can really craft a story and they can craft a gameplay experience that maybe has the lasting effect that Halo did without being Halo. And and that's ultimately where we're going to see them succeed or fail because they keep saying, oh, we want it to be this 10 year experience. And you can say that. But at the end of the day, it's the people playing it will determine whether it really has that longevity. And mm-hmm. it's very ambitious to say you want to make something that's going to last for 10 years. Cause I'm hoping by 10 years from now, we're going to be onto a new, a new console, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully the next crossed. console generation does not take how, how long did this one take? I think it was like an eight year. What was it? 2006 is when, Oh no. Uh, yeah. 2006. 2006. Was I think, yeah, I think that's right. 2006. So, so to 2013. So like seven years, seven years. Okay. So hey, seven, <laughs> Sorry. So seven is about the end of what you'd get. So if this makes it to 10 years, I'll be awfully surprised. But I guess it's just, it's finally that thing of you really, a lot of people are really wanting fresh experiences now, you know, with any of the games, not just Destiny. You know, we're kind of at this point where we're going, well, oh, yay, Halo, or oh, yay, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people's response was, oh, yay, another kill zone to, to throw Sony under the bus, too. But we're well, ready. if you want to pull out the experience piece, I mean, that's where Titanfall blew up with the community is they implemented just operating mechs and being 
pilot so well that people caught on to it. And I remember talking to them at PAX. Uh, they only had one piece of promotional content that they produced. And then everything else was driven by media outlets, by the community. And that, that goes to show that it can be done where you can get a lot of the gameplay stuff. But Bungie is known for solid gameplay, but on top of that, they're known for a great story as well. And incorporating both of it into one experience. Which hopefully, I, I mean, I really want them to do. I, because this is the game that probably, you know, Titanfall had a lot of hype and momentum behind it. But I think having this later release date for Destiny is really going to kind of make it the poster child for next gen. And so there's going to be a lot of momentum behind it. And unfortunately, what comes and with that... a lot that, of pressure. Yeah, is that it's not just hype, but it's not just momentum. It's pressure to meet that standard. And I think that of any of the studios that could possibly do that, that, you know, Bungie would be the one to meet those expectations. But at Definitely. the same time, we're gamers. You have, to, you have to feed those expectations, too. You have to... And not, like overly do it not like just give us everything that we want but you just have to tease it in the right way and i'm, I'm still waiting for that one little tease because all the gameplay is interesting uh, I, I know a few people uh and i was surprised to see how many people actually replied to have a similar feeling that they weren't necessarily hyped about destiny but i know a few people were kind of taken aback with how slow it seemed um how much it felt like other games like borderlands like mass effect like halo well, um, I think it's, and it sucks to say this, but I think, unfortunately, we're at the point now where it's highly unlikely somebody's going to create a game that isn't going to remind us of another game. Because in most cases, if it's not, it's just because you haven't played it. For example, I've been playing right. Daylight. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to compare this to, mostly because I don't play horror suspense games. So since I haven't played games in that genre, I don't have any experience with the stuff that I would need to be playing to be able to compare it, you know? But otherwise, any game I play, I'm like, oh, it reminds me of this, or it reminds me of that, or it reminds me of this, you know. And that is the one downside, is that in some cases, you then have to not only meet the expectations of the game you're creating, but the expectations people place on it from the games they're relating it to. So in the case of Destiny, you know, obviously, it's Bungie, so we have this massive expectation because it's the creators of Halo. I mean, these are the people that basically pioneered the online competitive matchmaking scene for consoles. For the Xbox, yeah. I mean, for, for for consoles on, or for shooters on consoles. I mean, these are the people that drove MLG to the heights that it came to, essentially. I mean, Call of Duty did follow, but Halo was really that big one. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, like, Borderlands, and granted, a lot of people with, you know, Borderlands 1, not so much, but Borderlands 2 was just such a solid game, this, uh, you know, fantastic experience that... You look at it and you go, gosh, that was really good. So you're expecting it to be, you know, you're expecting Destiny to give you that kind of experience. Maybe slightly less humor, uh, slightly less... Probably less. Uh, less questionable humor, too. <laughs> but, you know, you're looking at it... That, Borderlands is meant to be ridiculous, though. And and that was true. You know, Borderlands was meant to be ridiculous. So it's not like we're saying, hey, it, it, it has to be ridiculous, too. But, you know... With Borderlands 2, they found this solid balance between the ridiculousness, between the gameplay. And I think if there's anyone I'd want Destiny to really model themselves after, Borderlands 2 has probably done the best from a, you know, a shooter genre, I guess, or a hybrid genre, uh, at giving you that do whatever you want, create your own character, have all the fun you'd like with it, but still within limitations of, well, here's how you can upgrade, here's how you can modify yourself, and ultimately letting you have free reign in a world that still leads you towards a singular endpoint. Right. So, I mean, like, if they could pick somebody to model after, Borderlands would probably be the best one for that, as long as it's Borderlands 2 and not Borderlands 1. Yes, exactly. Uh, and and then, as long as they have their own kind of story that is... Um, like pretty well developed, and that, um, I would say to be on the safe side, Bungie is looking into doing that story. It's just that we haven't seen it yet, and that's one of the things that has me a little antsy about the game. It's because we haven't had proof. We're like, well, we expect it, but at the same yeah. time, I'm trying really hard not to like let my expectations rule my feelings on it because I'm afraid I'll be disappointed. Yeah, 
But I, I keep on harkening back to the story aspect of Destiny, but there is some stuff that gameplay-wise that we can talk about. Um, they did go into details behind the different modes that we get, and it is they are harkening very much to having that three-player fire team, to having your team go in and play in Destiny. And I hope that with their efforts to really drive that focus for the fire team, that it doesn't negatively affect people that do want to lone wolf the story of Destiny. Because there are people that are going to want to do that. People do it. I won't lie. Every time I played like, you know, Halo, I played it through first by myself and then I'd co-op with other people later. Uh, Yeah. I I do find it interesting that they chose a a team that was going to be three characters, uh, mostly because, you know, obviously they, they kind of showed at, at E3 last year, you know, that options for how you could like upgrade your weapons and things that was kind of very RPG slash MMO ish, depending on what you would prefer to look at it as. So, well, yeah, it seems like they're pulling a lot from the those kind of genres. Yeah, because the, like, the thing is, is like very Borderlands ish. <laughs> yeah, very well, the style of like upgrading your weapons and things like that of that nature is very RPG like, whereas you know, taking into account the online cooperative elements kind of lends it more to an MMO or if you want to use the border or the Guild Wars words it's a cooperative RPG uh, but that being said a three character team for those of you that aren't huge PC players is that <laughs> the three character team really comes out of the MMO idea of you know doing raids and stuff of having you know that holy trinity where you'd have a tank and you'd have a ranged fighter and you'd have a healer so right. I not that they're specifically creating those classes um, but the they fact kind of are <laughs> they kind of are you know but the fact yeah. that they're relying on that three three part team for me is just really kind of funny to see because i'm constantly going so are we gonna have to you know rely on the holy twin you know like either you're gonna have to have some seriously stacked players you know or or that i guess would be the question are you going to have to have seriously stacked players or are you going to have to go with the Holy Trinity? So if you don't have that three-character combination, are you going to have to have just two crazily overpowered tanks with a ranged to be able to make it happen? Or, you know, like, that's the one thing I'm going like, man, please don't be like that. Please don't be like that. Everything that I've heard so far is you're going to get the best experience for Destiny if you do it with the Holy Trinity combo of players. No. Um, you can do it where, where you stack people with... Like, you could have three Titans or three Warlocks on your team, but it sounds like with how Destiny is building the game, they are engineering it to have the best experience when you have each different class in there. Which I can I can understand from a developer standpoint, from telling a story, how they would want to kind of... Well, I mean, it gives you variety because each class yeah. is going to do something different, so you can play to each of those things. Like, oh, these two are going to work together. But at the same time, I guess there's this this extreme dislike of the holy trinity out of playing mmos because i can't tell you how much i hated having to find a team of randoms you know when you wanted to do a raid or you wanted to go do you know run a dungeon Mm -hmm. and you're like crap i'm a healer i gotta go find two people that aren't the same class as me and it never works out that way and admittedly at this point you know it's it's you're gonna probably be playing with your friends and not randoms hopefully if you are playing with randy's are fun though we gotta admit <laughs> there's been some really amusing randoms uh but that said then you know you hit that clash of well do you pick your characters in your class or i'm sorry your classes based on what your friends are picking so that you can maintain that holy trinity or do you pick what you freaking want to play you know because i feel like that sometimes like well i want to be I want to be a warlock. I want to. I want to go do something ridiculous. And of course, everybody's like, "Well, that's the cool class. We all want to be that." And then suddenly, you have this like downward spiral. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate different kind of quests and different um, raids, strikes, um, and patrols to incorporate those kind of different fire teams that aren't necessarily composed of the three different classes that do have people that just want to go in and play, maybe lone wolf it or. If you have a team of three Titans, maybe there'll be uh, some objectives that you can go in and you'll you'll still be able to do it with the Titans where it would maybe be easier to do it with three different classes, but it's still um, doable with a different combination of them. Oh, I would hope it would be set up where it's like, okay, you can't proceed unless you have the Holy Trinity because if they did that, that would suck. 
I would I would kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because, you know, in some cases, how are you going to know that that's necessary when you hit a point unless you hit it and realize you can't do it, you know? It's kind of when you hit those glitches in a game where you can't progress no matter what. You guys have mm-hmm. the whole stupid thing over again. I hate when that happens. And it's a sign of bad development. So I really hope they don't do that. Because <laughs> it's really be like, oh, you guys, we recommend you do this. Because secretly what we're saying is you have to or else you won't get to progress. <laughs> I don't think Bungie would have has a history of, do, of having those problems. So hopefully I, not. I wouldn't think so. But, you know, I got to say it just because... Just to be on the safe side. Just to be on the safe side. Let yeah. let my thoughts be known. What's your opinion on having the three different character classes and the three different races that you can choose? I mean, it's it's very MMO ish. It is, and obviously, you know, I put gosh, 150, 200 hours into Guild Wars two, which would fall under MMO classing. I personally like MMOs as long as you can structure them properly, which ultimately means having pros and cons to all of the classes as well as the races uh, or whatever they qualified as the characters in the classes you know so having pros and cons so if I'm choosing a ranged character with this particular or a character that has a ranged class as an example to be generic then I want to know what am I giving up to do that you know is there particular benefits to one over the other and ultimately, how do those allow me to improve or play out? So in a lot of times in MMOs, when you pick uh, you know, a particular type of character, those characters have strengths. So like I'm playing, to use a non-MMO example, but RPG example, which is like an MMO with less people. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been playing Skyrim. The character or the class I picked was, you know, or I picked uh, the Bredens or however you say it who get a 50% magic bonus simply because of their their race. So mm-hmm. I got a 50% magic bonus with them, and then I chose to pursue being a mage. So I've really beefed up my magic abilities. And so I get these benefits, but then every time like they show the loading screens, they're like, hey, if you're a high elf, you, know, you get 50% resistant to poison. And I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so nice because I totally just got poisoned. And, <laughs> and so, you know, it's... That's kind of the basic version of looking at it, but it's that idea where you really want to create these different dynamics by combining each of the characters with the classes, and that's what you need to be able to do. And truthfully, having just three of each is very small, so it kind of fits into uh, the consoles that aren't quite ready to take on full MMO aspects yet, or at least not successfully. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Well, there's been a few. They just haven't done exceptionally well. So I'm not against it, but they have to be able to sell you on it, you know, and it has to be more than just, hey, pick this one because that's what everybody's using because it's overpowered, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's where I think sometimes. Well, I think with their emphasis on having the fire teams as part of the experience they're going to get with Destiny, I think they're trying to tailor it to where those three complement each other. So you have the Titan, which is kind of your up-close-and-personal, heavy-armored person. <laughs> you have the Hunter, that's kind of a little more long-range, expert with longer-range weapons. And then you have the Warlock, which is kind of like the magic-slash-I guess kind of healer type. Um, so they are kind of really playing into that trinity of uh, kind of traditional RPG classes in there. But <laughs> I'm s- I need to really stop going back to the whole story bit of destiny but again it's like how how do you really focus on story when you're having to play with other people i mean i i get most invested in the story when i'm playing alone like i played borderlands alone pretty much for my first run throughs and that's where i really picked up a lot of story and then when i play with friends that's where i I go and have a good time and, and play through it you know and this is i guess it will be a testament to how good or badly or how well or badly right. they can craft story for this because I feel like I'm not a WoW fan, guys, which is why I keep going back to Guild Wars. But with Guild Wars 2, the way they did it is that you could have these events and these things that happened within the world that were random and spontaneous, which you could go do as a group. They had these, you know, you had your braids and your dun- dungeons and things that you had to do as a group. And then actually each individual uh, class or character 
had their own storyline that would kind of be fitted in with everything else. So you could just as easily, you know, go do a story mission or story quest. And then you finish that up. And even though they've awarded you the next one, like, hey, you need to go here and do this. You know, there's a real world event going on that's drawing everybody in the area into one location for something that's happening. So it's possible. The thing is, is how are they going to work it? Because that was the kind of the one struggle with with Guild Wars is that even if I was playing with somebody that was the same class, the same level on the same mission as me, it was my mission if I accepted it and they were just going and tagging along. So they we couldn't both complete the same mission at the same time if it was a story mission, if that makes sense. So like we'd have to play through with me accepting, hey, it's my story mission. And then as soon as we finished, we'd have to play through with the other person accepting, saying, oh, it's my story mission now, you know. And so it's possible. When you have the same problem with Borderlands, it's like, okay, whenever you want to play with somebody, which player or which story do you, do you go, go play into? with? Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, it's all happening in the same world, but that actual individual mission even when you're grouped together, uh, could not be completed for both of you at the exact same time kind of thing. And So it, it sounds like they're kind of trying to engineer it to where you can do that because a lot of the events that they're trying to pull with Destiny and how, because it is a constantly evolving and growing world with how people are interacting with it, is there's there's some kind of, I guess, magic in the code that they're writing where if you come in and you're, levels are unbalanced you can still participate and you'll maybe just get rewards based on your level so you won't be necessarily knocked out of any one experience that other people will be able to to go and play yeah and so that's i think would be ultimately the best but it also depends on whether you're just creating individual characters to play through the story like you are ray borderlands or whether what character you choose can have an effect on the story ray you know wow or guild wars Mm-hmm. so that's it depends on what direction they take with it is it just their reactions and things they do that vary and they're still playing the same story or is it that they can each actually have individual storylines and that you can you know collaborate together to accomplish those separate stories i don't know that's a good question now i'm gonna wonder like how are they gonna do it and then they're gonna probably do something completely unrelated to these two and be like <laughs> what I'm, I'm assuming it's gonna be some kind of collab and it's kind of what it sounds like. And, and that's where the other thing is a lot of it's going to be gameplay that will get down the line. And I think once the beta hits, we'll have a deeper understanding of some of the mechanics that they're trying to incorporate with how the strikes works, how the raids work, how easy and seamless it is for other people to come into your play space and have this big giant event take place and how that affects everyone around you given all the different levels and all the different classes and that um, one of the things that came out with is that loot that spawns in game is your loot. It's, it's no one else can really pick it up. It's, it's yours. Um, mm. So understanding how a lot of that works for destiny is really going to be up to people getting their hands on it. And I think that's the beta is going to help fill that in, but there's still some other pieces that I think Bungie. They're holding can, tight too yeah i really hope that if there's something that they want to put out before the game comes out like to to really build hype and stuff and that they are waiting for the right time e3 is going to be that time guys e3 yep Yep. you know i so hope i can go to e3 hit e3 like that you know with just this giant sledgehammer of check it out guys and then you know give it like two weeks and put out the beta that would probably you wanted to or be. Or they may af- put out the beta that weekend. Are they? Did they? Na- confirm- no, they haven't announced it, but I wouldn't be surprised because the they basically said you're going to be able to play the beta at E3. So my guess is that you played at E3, and then the week after E3 is over, okay, public beta. Yeah. See, my only thing with that though is I hate when companies line up stuff with E3. And now I'm not going to E3 this year, so it won't affect me as badly. But as somebody that goes to E3 to cover it, I hated because you had all this catch up of things that you couldn't get done at E3. So you're writing your your shows and all of that stuff that needed to get done post E3. And it takes you, you know, if it's not your day job, which for some of us, it's not. FYI, it's not my day job. Uh, not mine either. Then it's not like you get it done in two days. You get back home right as the weekend starts, entirely exhausted. And then 
you basically have to catch up on all the things you missed while you're gone and get all your work completed and done and up and, you know, out to your listeners and your readers and all of that. And that usually takes me about a week to a week and a half. So having like those games that release during E3 and having those things that happen like right afterwards, like a day or two is so rough because you're like, damn it, why couldn't you put it off like a week? (laughs) So I really hope they don't do that. Let me catch up with the stuff I was working on. Because then it's like it's like this mire of things to do that you get stuck in because then it's like, well, I need to go play this beta, but I need to finish my writing, but I need to do this. And then finally you realize it's like three weeks after E3 and you still haven't put up your post that you were supposed to. Yeah. I've done that before. So personal opinion, please wait two weeks. Give people some time. Yeah. Please. <laughs> One of the other things that people are, are trying to really pull out of Destiny and the folks over at uh, Guardian Radio, um, sister podcast for us over at Podtacular, is the trying to see how Destiny is going to play into the esports scene, which I don't mind if Destiny does turn out to be that way, but to focus on making it an esport platform just kind of hints a little bit more at the focus that they really have for destiny is like, yeah, it's good to have a great experience from the gameplay aspect. And if you want to focus on possibly making it competitive, that's great, but level out your dev time. Give us some of the stuff that you are known for, which is good storytelling. Well, I guess maybe because I'm not really into the competitive scene anymore, the way I used to be, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I don't want to say over it, but I feel like you should be crafting a great experience for the people that are playing at home because ultimately they're going to drive the bulk of your sales. And, and I don't think, I don't, I don't necessarily think, and th- this is my personal opinion, I don't necessarily see Destiny as an esports game. I can see I it as a competitive game with, with the, how they're trying to engineer the fire teams. I can see that being very competitive, but I don't see it like an esports game. That's something that MLG is going to pick up. I honestly don't see that. I, truthfully, I don't, I don't see what's in there. mentioned it, I wouldn't have thought it at all. Like, it's something that I can see if you want to create a leaderboard, like, hey, they did this well at this rate or whatever example you want to use. You know, if you want your friends to be able to competitively say, you know, have something set up where it captures this fire team did this at this location or for this mission or whatever you want to qualify it as. And then you can go in and play it with other people and try to beat that. But I just, A, I don't see it as an esports game. Uh, the structure isn't really crafted. You know, you don't tend to see. No. And the- you, I don't think you usually see that with things like having a first person shooter mixed in with magic. Well, it's it's possible. But at the same time, the this really hybrid structure for it doesn't fit in terms of what titles have worked well for esports in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, not to knock on Bungie because they did make a game that defined MLG, but I just don't see with how they're making Destiny with how it's supposed to be a living world and how they have the raids set up and strike. It's not. not Well, I mean, they 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 do have a PvP mode where you can go in and play against other players directly, and it doesn't really interact with the rest of the Destiny world. But I just don't see with how the game mechanics are lining up with all with the different weapons and the different ways you can uh, power up and you can uh, have your supers and your focus and having all the different effects from the grenades and the guns. I just don't see how that plays well to an esports audience. I don't think it will because even though there are games that can make a competitive environment like an esports environment out of a PvP, they're usually in very unusual structures i guess they're not like a typical like mmo pvp usually at least not in the sense that you're gonna you know pay to go to a tournament like mlg or something and play it you know it's very competitive by itself like on its own servers with its own you know guild classes and you know uh the elder scrolls did that or elder scrolls online part of how they made their pvp was that you pledged yourself to one of the three factions and it was actually a world v world. Well, you had PvP and then you had a world v world, which was whatever faction you were on essentially had its own like 
region uh, within the world and you had castles and places to defend and then you could attack and take over, you know, other factions and stuff like that. So it was on this grand scale, but all of that's happening within the game itself, not as a separate like tournament or anything. So I don't know. That one seems a little more iffy to me. Yeah. Just so, saying. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I have the same feelings about Destiny how it's I don't think it's esports material. I think it can be competitive with fire teams. I think once you are able to kind of build up your team and you have other fire teams that you want to go play against to see how well you've built up your fire team versus theirs, I think that'd be cool. But I just don't see how that really attracts an esports audience, personally. Well, maybe they'll find an amazing way to do it that we're not even thinking of. May- it's possible. Maybe. <laughs> it is. It is possible. All right. Well. But yeah. I think that's uh, enough ranting. Yeah, I was going to say, we kind of like went over this full circle all over, stopped all over. You know, it's funny too, because even knowing all this stuff, I'm still kind of like, I want to see what they do. I'm still pretty tempted. I'm still tempted to get, you know, it's not like I'm going, oh my God, I'm not going to get Destiny. Now it's like, well, I still want it, but I want you to show me more to convince me I should buy it. It's like, what's that thing that you're holding back that's like, okay, this is, this is the reason to play this game, really. It's not the multiplayer. It's not that we're working on this great system that's fire teams in this living, breathing world. It's this is the reason why this world exists. That, yeah. That's Pretty what I'm much looking like, for. Don't just give us a cool world to go play in because there's plenty of those. Give us why we should be there wanting to play in it. And right. what, what, sets, what sets Destiny, the universe, apart from games that it is being compared to like halo like mass effect like borderlands what is that defining difference that is going to entice me to want to play because it has good gameplay but also because it has a great story and whatever else you want to throw in that makes it worth our while (laughs) um did we want to talk about any of the stuff that we're really excited about from what we've seen I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff that so we're negative. not to. Where's the positivity? I know. I, I, feel, I feel we need to end on a positive note. Okay. Well, I, I, you know what? Considering the what games like Mass Effect and Borderlands and all of them have done, they really relied on a kind of technical factor. So it was like, oh, well, you know, the siren had these extra powers, but it was just, you know, kind of her and, you know, in mass effect it was the biotics and stuff so i i really like that they're bringing this hybrid game so you're still getting that kind of shooter experience with the rpg mmo you know classes and styles and then you're also getting this magic thrown in so it's like finally we get to have this fun of combining magic and technology and so for me i think that's interesting because all of the games that you've really played they've never been solid magic Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of always seemed to fit. There haven't been a lot that have really chosen to combine technology and magic in the way that Destiny is going to make the attempt to. So that for me is kind of exciting. And I just, I like the idea of being able to upgrade stuff because that's, I like doing that. Yeah. I like the fact that they're trying to integrate a lot of these different things. Cause one of the things Borderlands really pulled together was the aspect of doing first person shooter and doing an RPG. And they did that very well for the first game. Granted, the story wasn't great, but by the time the second game rolled around, they had all those aspects pulled together for Borderlands. So I am excited to see how they're incorporating the first-person genre with kind of the RPG and the MMO feel to it. I feel that no other game has really dived into doing all three of those at once, although Borderlands kind of really touched on the edge of that, just not from the aspect that you can have a lot of different people interact in one area seamlessly. So I am excited about that. Um, the weapons, it's... I, I don't know how I feel about the weapons too much than the whole upgrade path. Um, it does seem kind of interesting to the fact that you're going to be tailoring your own weapons and you're going to be able to upgrade them. It's it's a very... It sounds very similar to Call of Duty-ish. How they have... You can buy like the extra stuff that you can add on to it. Um kind of having that kind of system based off of um, Glimmer and Engrams that you can use to basically upgrade weapons. But um, the way they're doing it in Destiny is you can actually change the damage, you can change the accuracy and some of the actual aspects of the weapon. So you're actually tailoring it. I do like that aspect from an RPG standpoint. 
Um, I feel that's very non-traditional from first-person shooters, though. Where first-person shooters, you have that set gun and you have the attachments that go onto it, but you don't have the ability to actually affect how the gun operates. Yeah, it's just how well you can use it versus how it. Yeah. So, because like I think the one that they used in the example at E three was like you gave it added like a a lightning um, bonus mm-hmm. or something to it. I want to say when they got the orb, I could totally be wrong, but I think that's what it was. And I, that's very RPG MMO ish, um, more RPG probably. But that's I don't know. I guess for me, it's all like, well, damn, now you can do something kind of funky with the guns. Now it can be more of uh you know, that interesting element of, you know, but then at the same time, it's like, well, if you open one, you know, if you pick one path, do you close off the other? Like you can't go back and change it. Well, damn, now I gotta go find another version of this gun. Right. Uh, but that's, that's the inner me that hoards things and then sells them. That's really thinking that. So, mm-hmm. so that is a different kind of a different aspect that I'm interested to see how it works with destiny and how given what Destiny has done in the past, how, how it's going to really integrate with their game. Um, the space magic stuff, I am not, I don't really care too much about that. And it's a kind of a downside that they're emphasizing it so much because I don't really do magic characters at all. I'm a, I'm a very physical type character when it does come to those kinds of games. So like Borderlands, I haven't played any of the sirens. I haven't played as. Oh my god! Lilith. I've always played the sirens. <laughs> I played the mech. Okay, I won't lie. I played the mech romancer too, but that's still kind of more of a range, right? Sort of thing. Like you know, that's more using other. I guess the tech kind of counted as like the magic that the sirens had. But no, sirens are definitely our first. That's interesting. So you're more. Of, so were you always like a tank? Are you playing? Yeah, I'm usually I'm usually a tank. Like whenever I play Halo, I'm the one that's going out and trying to grab the objective, and I'm always getting myself into fights that I shouldn't be in. Well, I mean, that's that's slightly different because it's Halo and that's most of us yeah. are idiots and we do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm insulting myself too. I'm that person who says, I can just run in now, yep, run yep. away. Yep. So that I'm not too thrilled that there's so much emphasis on it. Hopefully it's integrated in such a way where it doesn't take too much effort to utilize or, or use the magic space magic effectively um other than that the i think the thing i'm most excited for is the way they're going to do public events the way that they are going to pull other groups other fire teams into one area and have these raids and have everyone cooperating together to take down these big enemies that um these raids take 15 to 30 minutes to complete I think that's the one thing that's really driving the Destiny experience right now is being able to have the power of um, distributed infrastructure because I hate using the term cloud (laughs) and being able to connect people, whether it's by region or by level and having that dynamic experience. I think that's probably the innovation that Destiny is bringing right now is that ability to have your own little fire team kind of self-contained and then you just join sessions seamlessly with other people. And then by the time you're done, you collect your loot, you collect your um, glimmer or engrams or whatever you find in the battlefield when you're done. And then you are back in your own fire team doing your own thing. The, The whole living world aspect and the whole, the whole social feature is the thing that's most exciting for destiny right now for me. Okay. I will give you credit for that. And my one reason for this to, to add on to that is because that is the one element that you haven't really seen make it onto consoles that has generally existed on PC. So that idea of people just being able to pop in for like a world event uh, is the term that we used in Guild Wars was a world event. Hey, something popped up on your map and everybody in the region can appear. You know, I actually had my game kind of short out because of a battle going on where I literally had, I mean, probably like I shouldn't say the game short out, but my screen spaz out because I had probably about 150 different people on my screen, not including the NPCs of the enemies we were fighting. So, I mean, like, that is the one element that probably has made those genres so successful on PC. And I think this will be the first time we'll see it come in uh, full force with a extremely anticipated title on console. Mm-hmm. 
So that is exciting. That's true. I didn't think about it. I'm like, well, that's, you're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I'm going like, well, that's all the stuff I normally do, you know, on PC. And then it's like, oh, well, this is console. That's totally different. Yeah. So that's, that's for me, that that's the most exciting part right now is how they're going to integrate so many different gamers into this one space seamlessly and then having your own kind of little isolated fire team. So that's that's it for me, pretty much. That, I think that covers it. <laughs> that's that's the exciting part of Destiny. That's that's kind of the new thing for the consoles that I think will define Destiny as a next generation title if they're able to pull it off. But we gotta have a reason to play Destiny. We gotta have something that separates it and puts it um, at makes it dis- makes a distinction between itself and other first person shooters RPGs like it. Because so. there's not many that are in that genre to begin with. There's not many, but from just the aspect of where Bungie has come as a as its history with behind the game's myth Oni and Halo and where kind of what they're expect what you would expect from Bungie from some of the stuff that they've done with the story with Halo and the music with Marty, now that he's gone, people people were kind of weary uh when Marty left of the success of Destiny. Well, he was kind of iconic. I mean, who doesn't mm-hmm. know the Halo music? You know, the the guitar rift and the singing that was the title, the the title music, and so we'll see what happens. Yep. So, I think I think that's enough ranting for for tonight. Um, Destiny, I think for both of us, is a game we're interested in. It's just that we're we're still looking for something that really sets it apart and really gives us that reason to be just all out excited for it. So does that pretty much sum it up? Yeah, pretty much. Sounds about right to me. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you for being along the ride for my first podcast on, on this blog. Um, still not sure what I'm going to name it yet. I may come up with just putting it on the website and saying, here's a podcast about destiny. What my thoughts are, or maybe (laughs) I'll come up with somebody name about it. But, uh, Mandy, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for tuning in. It's Thank always <laughs> it's always nice chatting about gaming stuff with you. Thank you for letting me come in and rant with you. That's kind of what we do. It is. We should do it more often. We'll have to go find an excuse to argue over something else. I'm sure there will one there will be one coming down the pipeline soon, especially with E3 only about five six weeks away. That's true. It's almost here. <laughs> yes. So for everyone listening, thank you for uh, checking this out. And you will have, you will be hearing more podcasts hopefully come out. Hopefully this isn't the only one that just kind of stops. Hopefully I'll have other people on to talk about other random gaming um, topics. So this is, is, isn't going to be anything set in stone. This isn't going to be like a weekly podcast. It's just going to be me whenever I feel like talking about something and I have friends that want to talk with me, like Mandy. That's what so. we do. We talk. We do. And we talk often. Dun, so. dun, dun. But yeah, so that's it. Thanks guys for tuning in. And whenever I come up with another episode, then I guess you'll hear me then. (laughs) Positives. Okay, bye. Yes, bye-bye.